Yo, what's going on, y'all? It's your boy So So. In case you ain't no So, it's all good. It's all good. So I was off too. <laughs> For sure. Yo, what's going on, y'all? It's your boy So So. In case you ain't no So, and welcome back to another dope episode of Sports with So So. Coming to you live, y'all. This week, the Heat are stuck in neutral as they can't get out of the seventh seed. The Hurricanes basketball season is over, but them boys had a great run. The Marlins get off to a terrible start to start the season, and UFC 287 is in Miami, and your boy Soso is going to be in the building. It's time to take a ride, y'all. Let's go. Yes, sir. What's going on, player? I'm gonna start calling you Mr. International, like like Pitbull. No. Don't, don't do that, dog. It's, <laughs> it's, Mr. it's Mr. Worldwide. Mr. Worldwide, you're right. Don't you're be right. disrespectful, kid. Right. Oh my God, tired, bro. Tired. Traveling is fun, but it's it's very tiring. Hey, now you know how I feel sometimes. I don't know how you do it, dog. You're always in Brazil <laughs> or California. Always, you're like two of the always. furthest places. I feel like you're always <laughs> in one of those two places, dog. And you're, it's they're so far away that it's like. God, I commend you for being able to sit through all those, that that travel, man. I mean, you get used to it, bro. You know, it's you, rough. It's rough. It's definitely not for everybody. You know, you got to be in, in a good amount of shape to be able to run to a plane sometimes, or you know, just in a good mental space it, to not go ballistic on crazy. something. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? For sure, for sure. Leaving the seat too fast, you know? Not, bro, imagine, you know I mean? imagine you just paid eighteen bucks for a freaking drink <laughs> and you put it down on the tray and spills boom. everywhere. Or he's trying to, you know, before one of my pet peeves is like you're, you know, you're waiting. You know what I mean? Like you're waiting to, for people to like get off the plane, right? So like you're just sitting down waiting for basically your row to be next to get up on un- unload. Yeah. But then you got these people that fucking get up and you know crowd the and aisle. And it's always the guy all the way in the back, dog. At least say something before you do it, dog. You know, you're like yo, gonna- I got a connecting flight in 20 minutes. I gotta make it. I gotta like, get off. Gonna part if you Every- say that. Everybody will get out of the way, dog. But That's- then you got like 40 people behind and they're like, yeah, take jerks, jerks, I hate man. those people. Hate those people big time, man. Hate those people big time. You know what? It's time to talk about the heat, dog. For me, it's been a very, very disappointing season, right? And even this last, just the last stretch of games, Joel, the fact that we still haven't been able to put a three-game winning streak together for the entire season, dog, with four games left, like, that's crazy, dog. That's crazy. Granted, we're going to finish above 500, you know, all things going going well, but I don't think going 500 is the, was the goal for this year, dog. And we've come up big time short, dog, especially when, when we're still stuck, like I said, you know, in that seventh seed. And no matter what happens in the rest of the te- with the teams in front of us, Cleveland, New York, Brooklyn, we're stuck and we don't find ways to take advantage. You lose 106 to 92 in Toronto on the road. Uh, no Jimmy Butler. Neck issues, slept wrong, whatever. But with that, it, it just shows you how much Jimmy is of a factor here, right? That he leaves the lineup and the performance of everybody else goes down the drain, dog. Wild. And that's not something that, A, we saw last year, right? Because last year we saw Jimmy miss a significant amount of time, right? And every time he did so, 
the team still kind of held its own, right? They were able to win games, you know, staying competitive in games, put a, a streak together, two, three wins, you know, without Jimmy Butler, six, five wins. But now it's like Jimmy leaves and it's nobody remembers how to play ball. And that game in itself was was kind of whack, dog. You know, you have a good night from Hero. He ends up with 33 points. Um, for nothing. For nothing. But like we talked about, he puts a, a beautiful stat line together. And, and it's hard to hate on a performance like that. But he had one free throw. Dog had one free throw. Scored 33 points. Jimmy would have like fucking 12 free throws. Which... Which impacts the game more so, you know. I think you know twenty five points, but a le- but ten of them being free throws versus thirty three or thirty two straight up points, right? Is is going to be a better result because of the fact that you're controlling the game. You're you're exactly. controlling the you're controlling the tempo. You're controlling the the pace. You're you're making them you know commit to certain plays and and drawing fouls. You know what I mean. So now they're in trouble. They got to substitute. You're able to ball on their their got main guys and their subs. Now you're just picking the up. matchups. Now you're in control of the matchups, right? And they say I'm going to put Bam against this second tier defender who's not going to be able to hold them down, right? And and even in that game, in the Toronto game, Bam did his thing. You know, he was kind of in a slump, had a couple of rough games, didn't really look like him, hasn't really looked like himself since the All-Star break. But he, he hasn't. And I saw a post today kind of putting up, I don't his know, numbers. maybe it was the Heat. Yeah, putting up his numbers for the the throwing his name in the hat for a candidacy, I don't know, for maybe MVP or defensive player MVP. And it's like, I, he's been fantastic, you know, but... Yeah. Uh, as of recently, what happened? Like, why does Bam go through these certain slumps is the question. And and why are the slumps so wavering, you know, like so big of a difference in, in the performance? You know, right. you're not talking about, oh, I'm in a slump and now I'm averaging three less points, maybe four less points. Bam in a slump, he's averaging eight, nine less points. You know what I mean? And that's stuff that you're Huge. like, yo, that's, that's pure effort because you can get to the free throw line whenever you want to, right? So... Having 12, 15 points should be the the worst night of your career type shit. Do you think it's mental? For sure. I don't think he's... I'm not saying that he's not mature enough, but I don't think he's hardened enough, right? Like a real NBA vet. He's still learning that, you know? Uh, fifth year in the league, fourth year in the league, you know? And, and we've seen the evolution of Batman. It's going to continue to get better, no doubt, right? His talent is just that nasty. But it takes a little bit of... I don't know, life experiences, right? For you to get that type of dog in you, to have that type of uh, realization of the moment, to be aware of what is needed by you or what people are depending on you for. And and I don't think he's at that level yet. Is the talent there? Without a doubt, because nobody can tell me that Bam is not a top 10 talent in the NBA. Nobody can tell me that because he's an undersized center who's athletic as hell, can shoot the ball, and defend every single position on the floor. Relax. There's not that many guys doing that. And the guys doing that, guess what? They're MVP candidates. So we know what Bam's talent level is like. This game was a good show of that. 21 points, 7 of 18, made had 12 rebounds, 5 offensive rebounds, shot the free throw well. Um, those are things that Bam can do every single night. He just has to put in that effort. The good thing is, is that only him and Hero did put in that effort. Again, another wasted performance. A wasted performance, dog, because nobody else even had double figures that game. And that's just that I'm like, how? When guys like Duncan are getting minutes, Lowry are getting minutes, Caleb Martin are, are, are getting minutes, Struess getting minutes. 
all of that because Jimmy's not on the court. You know what I'm saying? So obviously none of those guys are good enough to take all of Jimmy minutes or even a good portion of them. Nah, they're all going to share that. And even in those, op- you know, given opportunities, none of them ha- had a chance to shine. And that just reiterates how this heat season has gone. You know, if it's not for a good Jimmy night, a good hero night, a good Bam night, you're not really going to get much else from the bench. We we, we got Kevin Love, shot horribly that game, you know. Was able to bounce back in the next game, you know, against the Knicks. He shot a lot better, but that was still probably, that was probably his best game as a Heat. And it, and it sucks that it comes in, in a losing performance, you know. You lose 101 to 92 Again, back to back games, right? An and that's a, that's a boring game because we just never were in it, and it At sucks all. to see because the, the Knicks, we need to beat the Knicks. This is a team we we can, we've always beaten, we've always been able to beat. It's not even that, Jay. It's the, just and the, and they're ahead of us. We need the position. We need the seating. We need to beat the Knicks. Need to beat the Knicks. You know, so seeing that, bro, like that, that's just extremely frustrating. I mean. They started off a little bit hot, right? First quarter was really good for them. Sure. And then they uh, they just allowed New York to get back into the game. They control it over and over again all season. All season, right? New York takes control of the second quarter, going to halftime with an eight point lead. He come out, and usually we're a good team when we come out of the the third the halftime break, right? Third quarter is usually our quarter. We have really good shooting performances. Sure. Somebody catches fire. Had a good third quarter. Uh, you know, and then in the quarter, 38 to 28, uh, you know, a couple of get runs heading into the fourth and then the fourth quarter comes and yeah. then we get outscored 25 to 16 and we can't close out and it's not even getting close, like closing out. It's just like, you're not even a threat to Toronto, to the Knicks. You're, they're basically playing basic D on you. Ah, ah letting us shoot, getting the rebound, running down the court, getting easy buckets. That's that, that worse type of defense is is the shit that gets me mad because that should be the basics for this team. You look at the squad and you're like, all right, maybe nobody's talented offensively, but defensively for what they can offer, everybody should be on the plus side here because that's how the Heat build this team. Basically, defense first. But not even that, dog. You know? Caleb Martin is probably the only guy that I give a break to. Everybody else that I name on that bench, Lowry, uh, Oladipo, Strews, Duncan, all of those guys, trash. Been like an entire season of trash. That Pat Riley and fucking, uh, what's his other dude's name? Andy Ellisberg, this dude, these dudes are going to have to whip up some tremendo magical cooking to get rid of these guys. Some of them are, you know, are options. Kevin Love is an option. I think Strews is also an option, whether we, we keep them or not, but. We have to be looking at this team for the next phase because cu- currently, as it stands, this phase is not going to work out for I was me. talking to one of my boys today, <clears throat> and we were talking about the Dolphins and, you know, because he was like, oh, Aaron Rodgers now with the Jets. That makes him dangerous. A whole other conversation we don't, we're not going to get into right now. I told him I wasn't worried about that or that situation or the Dolphins specifically. Right. I told him I was more worried about the heat. And he was like, oh, but yeah, you know, I'm not worried about the heat because I know the season we're not going to, you know, do anything or whatever. I go, yeah, that's not what I'm worried about. I think we all kind of see the writing on the wall. For sure. It's looking like a first round exit, you know, if we make, if we it. make it out the plane. And, if we make it out. And I told him, I go, it's not so much about that. It's 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 about the future. What's next? You know, seeing, seeing what could have been already the peak of this particular heat unit. You know, we have a couple pieces. Everybody knows that that are the mainstays. 
Jimmy's clock is ticking. You know, what are we going to do next year to get the most out of the rest of his talents? In my opinion, bro, you got to you gotta kind of take the blueprint from the Dolphins right now and say, I'm going to do whatever it takes. I'm going to trade whoever it takes. And I'm going to make moves. And I'm going to find guys that want to be here. I'm going to find guys that are dying to get some exposure, dying to be in a different city. And I'm going to make it happen. That's the only way, dog. That's the only way. Now, how that happens, trade possibilities, salary cap, this guy, that guy, we, that's a whole nother show, right? That's a whole show in itself. But the point is, there's no way that Pike Riley and company are looking towards next season and saying, yeah, we could kind of do it with the pieces that we have here. That's That much is so not not the truth here. And the reality is showing that. Because even in the game that we won against Dallas, 129 to 122, at home, no Bam, Jimmy had to go all out. Why was Bam out that game? I think he had I back was over. Problems. That was when I was out. I think he had back problems or some shit. I saw that headline and I was like, great. Here comes a third straight loss. Yeah. And it would have been that. It would have been that had it not been for Jimmy. Jimmy was missed the fourth quarter again, uh, 12 to 16 from the field, hit a three, you know, 11, 10 of 11 from the free throw line, had, you know, 12 assists out there balling, doing everything, everything that should could be done. This dude, Jimmy Butler, did it that game. And even still, that's us withstanding a 42-pointer from Luka. Uh, Hardaway Jr. had 31 points. Kyrie, 23 points. Like, their guys went off that they needed to. And we were able to withstand that on the strength of Jimmy. On the strength of Jimmy's game. Without our best defender. Yeah. Yeah. And and that showed that's because so weird, dog. Like that's, that's we can't that's why we can't figure out this team. Nah, I mean it's very evident, Joel. The defense sucks here, dog. We gave up a, a, a season high sixty one percent field goal percentage to Dallas. Them boys were shooting it, the lights out, dog. Again, if it wasn't for Jimmy controlling the pace of the game in the fourth quarter, Get getting free, getting to the free throw line, if it's not him doing that, there's no way we win that game. And then now you're talking about a three-game losing streak and how you're falling even more in the playoff seating. They're stuck in neutral, dog. Big time, and that shit sucks because at any moment that that hill is gonna get a lot steeper and it's gonna roll them out. I'll tell you this much, man. I've even, it's gotten to the point, you know, granted, again, we're still in the playoff picture. Uh, we're 500 and all that, but like we're so spoiled as Heat fans for a certain level of, you know, what we're going to get from this Heat team yeah. <clears throat> or these Heat teams in general that it's gotten so bad now to the point where I've had certain people ask me, you know, or tell me, not even ask me, tell me their frustrations about Coach Poe and Pat Riley. And that's something that, I really haven't heard as a Heat fan. It's all, it's always been like, what are, how what are they going to outdo themselves this time? And so far, now there's been like this crazy regression in the team and the play and what we're getting that now it's like people are panicking and it's like, all right, not just the team, like what's going on upstairs? Yeah, for sure. But I think that's built on the expectations of championships. And it's a good problem to have. It's a, it's a big problem. I'm not saying it's a big problem, but... It's a good problem to have because that just means that the level of expectation from your fan base, right? And everybody buying season tickets, buying the suites, paying for the advertisements, the jersey sponsors and all that shit. They're getting some type of bigger return on their product than any other team that they would, right? Because you guys are the Miami Heat and you have this great fan base. But we're a winning town. And if you're not winning games, if you're not winning championship, if you're not winning playoff games, then... 
Yeah, it makes it hard. Even last year, bro, like last year it got on and popping, dog. Like people were going to every single playoff game. It was a sellout. It was packed. You know, the energy in there was amazing. But if you go to a playoff game this season, right, and it's a play-in tournament, I don't think you're going to get that energy because the fans don't have that expectation or or the sense that this team can actually go out there and win the game or go out there and win playoff games, Right, not get a first round sweep, which is a very, very real possibility, dog. I think, <clears throat> I think we don't get swept. I don't think we get swept. Hey, you know, we got, we got, we got Jimmy, and Jimmy at least will have one game where, like this, you know what I mean, where they have a performance, but he's gonna control the game and all that stuff. But it, it's, but I don't, got- I don't feel good about this team. Going into the playoffs, having to play a seven game series, no, no, there's no, no, there's there's nothing that feels no. confident going into even that, especially, a five game series, especially looking at the teams that we would have to face, any any one of the teams that we would have to face. But that's what I'm saying, Joel, that the sweep is a very real possibility, dog, because we've seen Jimmy for the time that he's been here, dog. He's given us crazy performances, dog. Last year against the Bucks, uh, the Celtics, in that in that game set, dog. He went off, and we still lost. And that team was way better than this team is right now. So, yeah, dog, a sweep is a very real possibility, even with Jimmy giving it his all, dog. Bam would have to ball out, step up, right, which is something that we've talked about as far as him needing to do to get to that next level, right? Same shit with Hero. He needs to perform continuously in the playoffs, win or lose the series, whatever, dog. You need to be doing you. Forget If you're not going to get free throws, you better be making all those threes. You better be putting up 35 points. You better be putting up 28 points. That's just a level of expectation. So, of course, it's going to multiply when it hits Spo and it hits Pat Riley. But I think that those guys are very aware of how the team is, right? And they're just trying to push towards that end of the line and say, let's squeeze everything that we can out of this fucking team. But next year is definitely going to be about making moves. We know that Pat is already alluded to that before. And I'm sure when the season is over and he has that conf- that post-conference or press conference with all the writers and shit, I have no doubt that he's going to address the needs of this team. He may not say it you know, blatantly, but he'll use his Pat Riley talk to, to jump into that. This team is obviously in need of upgrades, Joel. Obviously. There's no way that it's so common to you and I, right, or so easy to spot to the common Heat fan that these guys upstairs don't notice it. For sure they notice it. They feel the pressure. They notice the decline in, in sales. They notice the decline, you know, in in attendance. They notice that shit. Like, why do you think they planned all the retro shit this year? Because it would have been a great marketing scheme had this team been really good. A top four team. That shit would have been selling like hotcakes. Like everybody would have had all the retro stuff, the jackets, which is dope. Go out and cop it anyways if you're about that. But I'm sure that they they see that as a big time backfire. All of that shit, dog. All of that shit because it's not coinciding with winning. And in order for it to be profitable, it needs to be winning. And we don't care about the profits, but we care about the winning. And they're definitely not getting to that. So... <clears throat> Not we, we got four games left. Four games left in the season. I mean, there's a potential that we're looking at less than ten games left in this this heat season. Three game road trip at Detroit on Tuesday, at Philadelphia on Thursday, 
back-to-back against Washington Friday night before coming home against Orlando on Sunday. Playing tournament would be how many games total? If anything, two games? Two games to survive. You're talking four games left? Yep. Right? Potentially five, six. Five, six, and then potentially if we were to get swept, four games. That's ten games. Yeah. There could potentially be ten games left in the C season. Dog, three-game road trip. Are we going to see a three-game winning streak? What's your gut telling you? Highly unlikely. Highly unlikely. So that's a no. You look at the games and you're like, yeah, Philly doesn't really have anything to play for. Maybe they rest their players. You know, maybe we face a bad Detroit team who's the worst in the league. Get that dub. Be Philadelphia. Give it a go against Washington. And that's it. And then come back home and win against Orlando. But still, it's, it's, it's like I said, dog. This team is 40 and, 41 and 37. I think it should be closer to 500 than that. It's just, just my opinion, though. I agree. Not happy with the Heat. Not happy. Not happy at all. Let's see what happens, though. Four games left in the season. Let's see what happens. Yeah, Miami basketball is kind of on a little little skid right now, dog. Yeah, Miami basketball is definitely suffering right now. Um, our Hurricanes, they went out to number four seed, UConn, 72 to 59. Uh, Saturday night in Houston. Ended up the season 29 and 8. And it was rough to watch because... They were never in that game. They were not... Not, not to necessarily say they weren't in that game, but just that, that classic slow start and not allowing yourself to kind of quell the moment and, and just focus on the hoop. It felt like everybody was trying to do too much, you know, in, mm-hmm. that, in, that, yeah. in those first yeah. 15 minutes, which coincided with them having bad shots, not making shit, getting terrible rebounds, getting blocked. And we've seen them come back from that, especially like a team like Texas, right? We saw that comeback, right? But, but it was very discouraging to see to be like, "Yo, this is this is a Final Four game, dog. We can't come out like this. We and needed to come out hot, hot." And, and UConn did. They they came down and hit four threes on us. They didn't make any other type of shot. They made threes, but our defense was good, and we had opportunities to make buckets, right? Uh, steals, turnovers, all this stuff. And we couldn't put it together. That's why I say they were never in it, man. Because, like, yeah, they narrowed the, the lead down to five, I think, like, five points a couple times, you know, mm-hmm. where it was like, all right, you know, like, that's what we saw in the Texas game. It was 10, got it to eight, got it to six, got it to four, got it to two, took the lead by one. You know, we, right. we kind of thought we'd be able to do that. But UConn, I mean, there's there's a reason they're probably the favorite going into this final game against San Diego State. I mean, they they, they steamrolled everybody they played as a yeah, five seed. Yeah, they're yeah. a five seed, right? Four seed. Four seed. So, I mean, they, they're, they're a team to be reckoned with. But we the, the letdown for Miami Hurricane fans is we didn't play to the potential. You know, Correct. Isaiah Wong and, and, and Miller, you know, didn't have the best game. Omir didn't have his his best performance. You right. know, it was kind of underwhelming. No, Amir got dominated, dog. Their their, their guy, uh, what's his dude's name? Um, Donovan Klingen. That guy's a giant. You know, he's a giant of a kid, dog. A big seven footer for UConn with uh, enough mass to not be bothered by a guy like Omir. And Omir got pretty much bullied for for a good portion of the game. And that's our guy. And that's our guy. Exposed us. Like, that was our big man. Like, you know what I mean? Once they took that weapon away. we faced a real big, big man. Once they took that weapon away, it was like, fuck, we got to find another way to get it. And to be honest, in my opinion, you know, I I got a lot of love for Isaiah Wong. I think he's an amazing player. I think he's a great NBA talent. But I felt like he tried to do a little bit too much and carry the load, you know? Uh, it, It was just like... 
like I said earlier, I felt like everybody was trying to do too much in order to kick off the comeback. Instead of just really focusing on getting the best out of each possession, making the right pass, making the right time. You know what I mean? Like, just just slowing no, down they, the moment. The slowing nerves were down there, the man. You're talking, what is it, like 50,000 fans yeah. at that game? Showed, man. 25% in the first half we shot, dog. That's, you know, Terrible. What I mean? that's a big stage, dog. You know, you can tell those boys were a little anxious out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and again, uh, to see our main weapon, Ormir, go down, eight points, seven rebounds, that's like a bad day for him. You know, a real bad day. But that just shows you how Klingens and Sonogo's size was really bothering him and, and, and taking him out of the play. We, we also struggled. You know, they made sh- they made three-point shots, and we didn't make any three-point shots. So we couldn't make shit from three, though. Nothing. Nothing. It was brutal, man. And... um you know, it, it just it just leaves a bad taste in your mouth, especially after the run they had. You know, you, you watch this team all season long, seeing yeah. what they've been able to do. You know, they faced adversity. They've been able to overcome it. And it's like, yeah, UConn beat us, so they are the better team. But, man, I you know, I think that game should have been a little bit, you know, closer to what that San Diego State FAU game was. It should have a been. A buzzer beater, last second shot. You know what I mean? Like, that would have did, like, it, it, like, I think these teams, you know what I mean? It should have came to that. Been, and it was been like, a lot closer. We never were in it. No. Uh, no, again, I, I disagree with the never in it. We we made runs to be in it, but we didn't have the composure. We didn't have the poise to to sustain that, right? Because truth be told, had we played even a fractionally better, yeah, maybe we still lose, but it's not 72 to 59. That's my point. It's 78 to 64. 78 to 60, you know? 78 to, to 69, something like that, where it's much closer and, and maybe they pull away at the end because we start to foul and they make free throws and that's how the game, but the game was close. Right. We did make the game close, but we didn't know how to hold on to that moment. I felt like everything was just too much for these guys. And, and you said, maybe it's just the experience and the expectations of coming from a program who really doesn't love basketball or a school that's not known for it. And then having to make history by making the final four and being a part of that squad. Like, yeah, you want to do so much as a player and, and continue to make that history. Right. And yeah, I think for the future, it'll bold much better for this team, but the moment got away from them. It, it was that evident, dog. And and, and props to UConn because they played a really good they game. They did, they did, absolutely did. But either way, man, props to this Kane team, like you said, yeah, historic, bro. historic run. I mean, not a basketball school, and now they they've solidified that they are. You know that absolutely that, that they can be. Um, my question to you is, who's coming back? Well, that's the thing, right? Like. For sure, Isaiah Wong and, and Miller are heading to the NBA draft, right? Confirmed. Like, com- I'm not confirmed. You know, they'll make their own announcements. But the, both of those guys have NBA-ready talent, you know, that any team would love to get those guys and be like, yeah, we're going to develop you, Papo. Uh, get ready to either try to make this team or we're going to put you in the G League, but you're coming right back. So get ready. Jordan Miller's size in its own is like a real rare thing. You know, he's a big guy, lefty, athletic, big enough to defend, moves like a guard, can shoot really well. Yeah, those guys are rare in the NBA. So uh, GMs are always looking for that, right? Left-handed players, basketball that are small forwards, you know, with nasty wingspans. Of course you're looking for that. (laughs) Uh, so those guys are definitely heading to the NBA, but you got Omir, Poplar, uh, Nigel Pack, uh, Anthony Walker, uh, even uh, Beverly Joseph, like all those guys are st- sophomores, you know, um, I think one junior. 
and and they have the opportunity to come back. And if I was them, I would because you know that Coach L is a going to put you in a position where you could win. Right. He's going to teach you things and he's also going to always try to make the team the best it can be. And we've already seen him win in the transfer portal. So there, there's no doubt in my mind that these guys already have targets um, to kind of replace these guys and be like, yo, let's keep the ball rolling here. You know, where we take an opportunity, uh, you know, advantage of this opportunity that we've been giving where we have all these eyes on us. Let's continue to win, make it a good product. Right. And as soon as people get hooked to it and it comes around and we're heading to March Madness tournaments. Yeah, people are going to buy in. For me, I think if those guys that I mentioned that have the possibility to come back, you're already talking about a team that's favored in the ACC to not only win the ACC, but go into the ACC tournament and win the ACC championship. That's something that the school hasn't done in football or basketball for a real long time. How about never? So if you're looking at it that way, yeah, this team has a much more realistic possibility to get to that level. Trust in Coach L. <laughs> trust in Coach L that he's going to bring these guys back and, and continue to add to it, man. No, nah, you can definitely trust in Coach L. He's, he's been a great, done, great addition to the school. What he's done just dog. in the last two years, it's you know, it's amazing. He's a legendary man. Um, obviously, he, he's a legendary coach, and we're beyond lucky to have a guy like him here down in Miami, dog, because he's such a difference maker. Such a difference maker. <clears throat> well, we're not in it, but the final game is tonight. So the results will be out by the time anybody listens or watches this. Yep. I'm kind of hoping that UConn wins, man. Uh, it would be nice to see that program back on top. I don't think San top. Diego State has a chance. I don't think they should. Yeah, you never know. They play good defense. And and that'll take you a long way. But I, I think that the size of Sonogo and, and Klingon, those dudes are massive, dog. Big, big kids. Big kids. And they know how to play the paint well. So they sh- if they can shut out my guy, I have no problem them seeing that and shut down San Diego State, but it's all about how good San Diego State plays defense, in my opinion. I still got UConn winning, though. Yeah. yeah and I also, you know, if you know me, which I think you do, you know that I'm going to go for the team that knocked us out. So Absolutely. That at least we can be like, you know what? We lost to the eventual champs. Yeah. It's you cool. have that argument on your side. Always. and you, But you know what? We got to talk about the bracket, too, dog. Well... I mean, I don't want to talk about the bracket because mm. I didn't win the bracket, dog. Oh, who won the bracket? I mean, I think it's every, everybody's talking about it, bro. They all, everybody's they all, talking about yeah, it. Yeah, they text me. They said that you you rigged it. Like, <laughs> oh no way, yeah, dog. The, how, how convenient is it that you win your own bracket? Number one, I make a bracket when everybody had opportunities to make multiple brackets, and you know, both and I, you and I said it, we were going to be homers and pick the Hurricanes the entire way. Like we weren't caring about like winning the damn thing, dog. Like. Were you wanting to win? No, we wanted somebody else. I did. That's why I picked the Hurricanes to win. Stop. We want somebody else to win, dog. And uh, but we're still gonna give away the amazing gift. I'm gonna announce it right now. It's a fifty dollar gift card to Empire Boutique. Yo, shout Shout out to Empire. You know that's family, and we're gonna hook a, a winner. Uh, we're going to do an Instagram live at some point this week where we'll do a little raffle and we'll show who whoever were the entrants. Uh, we're going to put everybody in there, do a little raffle, and whoever wins gets the f- gift card. Dope, Courtesy man. of Sports with Super dope. Super yeah, dope. Yeah, man. Got to make it happen for the people. Love you know? that. Thanks for everybody who participated in that. Absolutely. I'm sorry that you know we got wronged by the host of this show. Wronged? And <laughs> he, he rigged it so that he would win. Yo, he somebody probably else. had like owner settings where he was able to go in and configure and Come change on. his bracket as it was going along. Long it's never something. changed. It's never changed. Yeah, nah, I'm just kidding, man. Congrats. Thanks, dog. I, I usually don't win things like this. Dog. It's so hard to predict this shit. <laughs> it's a good, it's a good one. And I got lucky with the Hurricanes, it's man. So, you know, it's right so in the tough. home team worked. 
Who would have fucking thought that FAU would have been in the Final Four, man? Come on. Um, yeah. It was a great run for our South Florida boys, bro. They yeah. had a hell of a season. And, and you know, I hope they both build on it. I know that they just re-signed the FAU coach as well. Yeah, so he's not going nowhere. He's not going anywhere, and he's going to be able to continue to recruit down there and, and build up that story. And it just makes the entire state a lot better, you know, especially South Florida for all these kids who are athletes. Um you know, one door closes, you can't play f- football, you go play basketball. You can't play basketball, you go play football. You go play soccer, baseball. It's always available down here, man. It's dope. Nobody ever mentions golf. No. no I mean, we, we're not getting at that. We're not there yet. Why? Because I think that it hasn't been brought to the masses because of how the, the the idea behind the cost is. You sure. know what I mean? Where there people think golfing, that, oh, that's a rich man sport. When actuality, it's not. I think I, I think it's more so, I mean, that, that's part of it, obviously, but I think it's more so because of the fact that golf is an individual sport. Yes. When do you see, like, real individual sports, like, besides, like, MMA? No, Outside tennis. Outside of MMA, like, what's a, I guess, tennis? Tennis is a very individual sport, and if your kid, like, wrestles like, or how, does jiu-jitsu or something does, like that. Does the tennis, does tennis get, like, uh, what do you think is watched more, tennis or UFC? Well, for sure UFC, Doug. For sure, UFC. But it depends on which tennis you're talking about, right? And I feel like for a majority of any sporting type events, people always tune in, or at least a general mission crowd, right? They're going to tune into the bigger spectacles. You know, the average NFL fan is definitely watching playoffs, but the random NFL players are like, ah, just wait for the Super Bowl. It's not games, doesn't matter, you know? World Series. You know, on and on and on finals, you get people who aren't even fans or celebrities and they just show up to be seen like a bunch of people like that, you know, and and, and people just tune in for the, the socialness of it, you know, but I think that golf is definitely on deck when it comes to to seeing that, you know, um, we seen the documentary with what's the dude's name, J.R. Smith coming out on Apple TV, kind of like documenting his return to golf and his return to school through the game of golf. I think those are things that open up the eyes to people who have ne- never would have thought about that game to think about that game. Oh, it's know? growing. It's definitely, it's definitely growing. growing, dog, especially you know. in the youth, man. Come on, you see it. Um, we know a bunch of guys who are playing golf that are way younger than me, right? And I'm not that old and definitely younger than you. So, um, And the more important thing of it all is that we have the Super Bowl of golf this weekend. Yes, sir. I was yes, hoping sir. I was hoping you were going to build up to nah, that. But, uh, up. That's your thing. It's Masters Week, dog. Yeah, dog. I can just Big I can hear Jim Nance right now. Yeah, it's going to be dope. That course is always so energetic, and not in the party sense, in just the no the the the, energy, like, the, the, the 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 seriousness of the moment, right? Like you could feel the energy between the players and and just the level of competition or or playership that you're seeing there. It's just amazing, dog, and and, and the crowd feeds off that. Couple of storylines going into this week. Number one, first and foremost, we got the live players yep. battling the PGA players. So there's a tournament within the tournament. So forget about the fact that this is the Super Bowl of golf. This is the most historic venue in golf. This is the most historic uh, tournament in golf, you know, arguably. <clears throat> now we have these other headlines with this competing tour and how they've been kicked out or banned from the PGA to, because they wanted to go, you know, make the money play and all that, but they're still allowed to play in these major tournaments like the masters. Right. And they're coming back to win, you know, to try to win, which, 
you know, it's to set up the same goal that the PGA tries to prove uh, and, or that any organization is going to try to prove it's who's the best player in the world. Right. You know, and that's where we're going to be able to see this. You know, we've been able to see some really good golf the last three months, first three months of some this year. Excellent tournaments. You know, yeah, we saw Waste Management. We saw Bay Hill. We saw, you know, some pretty good Innisbrook. stuff in California. Innisbrook was good. You know, we've just been some really good golf. But even the match play. Now we got the Masters, mm. and we got everybody. I've been dying to see some Cam Smith, dog. Yeah, Brooks Kepka just won his individual over the weekend uh, at, in Orlando at Orange County National for the Live yeah. Golf, and walked away with four million dollars heading into the Masters. Yeah, you know we saw him on full swing. We saw how his confidence was kind of low, right? He was kind of like a a jaded man. Like, man, I don't know if I have what it takes to compete anymore. For sure, they're real, not testing him for steroids over there. Real big confidence boost coming into a, a huge weekend like no, this. No, man, absolutely, and. and and that's a guy who, who when he's that confident, his game like definitely shows that off where he can hit a bomb 357 yards, you know what I mean, without a problem, where other guys are struggling to even get to 320 because of the win or the type of, you know, uh, boundary that it is in the Masters. There's, there's a lot of good players in that tournament, guys who've even won that tournament, you know? So, like, the field having those players from Live Golf – and including the best of the best that are currently still on the PGA Tour, that's how you get the best tournament. That's how you get to see, like, yo, who's really on right now, dog? Fuck these number one rankings. Who, who's about it right now, you know? And and that's the beauty of it because, again, it is a master, so you have all these ex-masters winners that are going to come back, which brings me to storyline number dose, <laughs> which is something you mentioned earlier, and it's the Big Cat is back. Big Cat. It's the first tournament, first major tournament major championship of the season as we know tiger woods is now only playing in the major tournament so we're only really going to see him four times a year maybe five tournament and he's won the masters multiple times we're going to get to see him play you know we haven't seen him play in a little while now uh so the big cat is back all eyes are on him yeah we have the live versus pga drama some people you know might even argue like joel the main storyline is is tiger's back because i'm not going to be watching for those players i'm going to be looking to see what what happens with tiger and what he does right so that's that in and of itself is a huge storyline is can he win again can he win another one in a place he's won countless times he owns that place dog because Besides being like who he is, right? Black Asian, you know, from ethical backgrounds, whatever. Tiger Woods, right, was the loud guy, the fist pumping guy, the guy from Nike, the guy who's in your face, the guy who is going to go out there and not only beat you, but smash you and embarrass you in front of people over and over and over again, right? So for him to be so dominant in that one arena, which is the masses, which is their hollowed ground of golf, just shows you like how important he is to the game. And you and I have had countless conversations about his like impact on the game, dog. And I told you that he's everybody's champion, you know, because a lot of people even started watching golf, even put their kids around golf because of Tiger Woods and the <laughs> impact that he had. You know what I mean? Like I- I've told you, like he's bigger than Jack. He's bigger than all of those guys. You know, it's, you know, it's funny. That's funny that you mentioned that. So how many you know how many green jackets Tiger has? Uh, I think it's six, seven. He has five. Five. There is a guy that has six. Jack. Yeah. 
And imagine him wins it. And he, that's, oh that's why he needs it. Like, he needs to win, like, he another. He needs to win. Like, not even so much for that, but because of, like, the major title record. Because Jack holds that over him as well. True. Um, but, you know, so, that like, you know, like, that's it's, it's all of those storylines around Tiger. You know what I mean? Like, he's the man, we, He's already better than Jack. Our, you know, we're, gonna, we're not even going to say arguably. Like, our, you know, our generation is going to say that because Jack Nicholas was even before that. So, it's like, right. you know, yeah, well, Wilt Chamberlain has 11, you know, 10 world titles, right? Right. Or not. Was it no, no, he's eleven. No, Will, Will, Will Chamberlain. No, I'm thinking Bill Russell has Bill Russell. Bill Russell has ten, yeah, ten NBA titles or something like that. But it's like Jordan's the goat. You know what yeah, I mean? Or LeBron, also is, LeBron like, is the goat. The tallest guy at six seven, six eight. Correct. <laughs> so you know what I mean? It's like you know, all right, cool. Like yeah, that, that's one thing. But like Tiger transcended the game, absolutely, and, and he's back, baby. So we get to see him there. He's the man. And uh, if I had a third storyline to throw in there, just because. It's better to do things in threes. Uh, can Scotty repeat? That would be Masters? super hard. That's a hardest fuck to do, <laughs> right? Like to repeat any type of PGA championship. But to do the Masters back-to-back, dog, that's like legendary type shit, dog. And Cam's one of those guys that, yeah, he's in the Elite Tournament, but he's also a top-tier golfer. And we've seen him beat people who are at their absolute best. When he's on... His thing and and firing on all cylinders, he's one of the best in the world, dog. So he can easily repeat. But it's just a Wait, matter did of you say Cam Smith? No. What's the other dude? It's Scotty Scheffler, who I was talking about. No, you said you said Cam. No, I said Scotty. I'm, I'm pretty sure. We got it on tape, but if I didn't, then I meant Scotty Scheffler. Scotty. Because he's one of who he's who won the Masters last year. Um but You did say Cam. Um alright, all right, maybe we'll check the tape, maybe, dog. Yeah, maybe you just heard that, but I'm, I'm pretty sure I know who won back last year. So yeah, that's no, why I'm saying anyways. Uh but that's why you confused me. You said Cam Smith. But yes, Cam Smith can win, but he's been quiet, dog. He, yeah. we have he ever since the move over to live after winning the, the open out, you know, at at um, the old course in St. Andrews last year. Really haven't seen much from Cam Smith, you know. He's True. Been, we haven't had an opportunity to see him really. We haven't seen him in any of the big tournaments, the you know, the players' championship or any of that stuff. But we have, you know, our opportunity to see what kind of form he's in now. So I'm excited for that. But Scotty, man, Scotty, you know, he's been playing some good golf, you know, battling it out with Ron for world number one and with Rory. And um, if he can go back to back, he'll be the first player to do it since Big Cat. Tiger Woods in 0102. I got my money on Big Cat. Anytime he's in that uh, those type of tournaments, I'm, I'm, I'm always going to fucking root for so that guy. So prediction-wise, that's both of our dark horse, right? We got to consider. Oh, he's my pick. <laughs> oh, okay. He's your pick. He's my pick. All right. All right. Uh, I don't got a dark horse. You don't got to just go on all Just right. going Tiger. Tiger. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know who I like in this tournament, man. There's so, I wouldn't there's be so surprised many. if Scotty won, though. I, I, would, I wouldn't be. It, it would not surprise me if he, if he won this tournament. It would not, bro. The way that that guy's been playing right now, yeah. it's been amazing. But, you know, there's been, you know, man, I wouldn't be surprised if, like, Jordan wins there. You know what I mean? John. Like, he's like John Rom. Like I can see John Rom, you know, winning right now. For sure. I can see, you know, I can see Tiger dog. I can see Tiger doing it. Who knows? Who knows Augusta better than Tiger dog? Nobody. Nobody. I told you that's his tournament. Who dog. knows those greens like that guy? Nobody. Nobody. That guy again has owned that course. If his driver is on this week, he's winning the tournament. Forget about it, bro. Forget about if he's it. able to, if he's able to stay out of trouble and and limit and minimize the, you know, the the penalties. And I'm, what I mean by penalties, not just lost balls, but like behind shit, you know, having shit like tough out of bounds, stuff. Yeah, like if that. you can keep yourself, you know, in play, dog. I, I don't, you know, I, I gotta break the course record, but just be I'm, up I'm there. Not, I'm not putting a brag. I mean, I can't. I can't. I can't count uh, them out. You can't dope. count them out, dog. You cannot count them out. Never, never. 
Never. It's going to be a great tournament for sure. Something to definitely watch. And, you know, if you watch Sports with Sosa on Instagram, I give you three things to watch every day. So, bang. You're not going to miss that one. You're going to be up there. You're not going to miss that one. Uh, it's time to talk Marlins now, briefly, mm. because they still haven't earned my respect. Uh, opening day, lost. Cool, and then so the, the, five, five so, to three. So for those who don't know, the season has officially started. Correct, and we have like for real, for real. <laughs> we have the, the Marlins have not found out. No, <laughs> at least no. Not, not yet. Really, they're still in like spring training mode. Yeah, that's kind of what it feels like. You know what I mean? Like they're still getting the kinks out and figuring out the lineup and shit. But these guys have have gone to a record of one and three to start their first four games of the season. Typical of Marlins, and even in the home opener, you know, we're down three. Three zip and then boom, Gary Cooper, you know, beast hits a big ass bomb in the sixth inning. Uh, but same old, same old Marlins get to that point where we tie the game up, rely on your bullpen. And guess what they do? They give it up like a $2. Yeah, you know what I mean? But like they just give it up and that's what they needed to fix in the offseason. And they really didn't do that. And even in the trade for when we traded Pablo Lopez, like I told you, I thought they were, we were going to get some type of arm in return if we did make that deal. And we didn't even get that. But, yeah, you know, they get the bounce back win. Uh, second game of the season, 2-1. to one. Uh, Jazz, Jorge Soler, both hit home runs, in the eight, uh, one of them in the eighth. Um, and, you know, Jorge Soler's home run was kind of more of like an energy thing, right? Because he had just made a big f- play in the outfield against Darling Martin, ex-Marlin, and kind of robbed him of a base hit that probably would have put the Mets ahead. And... You know, he, feeding off that energy, comes up to bat in the eighth and hits a fucking beautiful fucking home run to put ourselves ahead. And and I know we have a lot of expectations for, for a guy like him, right? Because we trade for him. Uh, he's supposed to be a big bat and, and be our home run guy. But I, I think that he's finally settling in and he may be able to do that. You know, I was talking with John the other day, and he was like, no, we need at least four or five guys to hit 30 home runs. I'm like, man, that's asking a that's lot. That's asking a lot, dog. You know, if I we get, can get, if we can get, get two ask, people to hit 30 home runs that are not named Jazz. Baby steps, right? Right, that are not named Jazz. If you can get two of those guys to hit over 30 home runs that are not named Jazz, I feel like that team just instantly becomes better because then Jazz doesn't feel like he has to be the home run guy. He was our home run guy last year, dog. You know, he was our biggest bat, our most powerful bat, you name it. It was him. But now we have other guys in place, you know, that should be able to carry that load. Jorge Soler has been here. He should be able to carry that load and should be one of those potential for 30 home runs a season. Yeah. I mean, why not? You know? But then again, you go out there and you lose the next two games by a combined score of eleven to three. Uh, you lose six to two. You lose five to one. That's ass whoopings in baseball. Those are ass whoopings in baseball, and 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 those are the things that, as a Marlins fan, right? Whether you're a hardcore Marlins fan, on the fence Marlins fan, low key Marlins fan, I only watch on TV Marlins fan, right? You you have to be a little bit intrigued about what this team can offer because, yeah, when you look at the lineup, he's like, bro, it's not bad. It's not a bad lineup. It should be able to win games. And and technically, we have one of the hottest hitters in baseball right now, and Luis Arreyes. With the one shining light in, in this so far. Right now. Right yeah, now. So he's only four games in, but this dude's killing him. You know, he's bat- 9 well, of 16 on his first, uh, first, first four games. Like, Well, remind people about Arreyes, where we got him, how we got him. We got him in the trade, dog. Just this offseason. Yeah, you know, and... and 
So see your return so quick is always reassuring. Yes, but even when we're losing, this is a long man's game. You know, absolutely. And and batting over five hundred or it's very hard to do. No, that's not gonna happen. That's not gonna happen. But it's good to see that that guy is not in spring training. He's season ready. He's season ready. You know what I'm saying? Now we just kind of need the rest of the guys to kind of shake off the rust. And and it sucks. You know, it sucks because there's definitely going to be a lot of learning curves. Like even in the in the second in the third game that we lost six to two, like they scored an extra two runs on Jazz's error. In the center field, right? Where he thought he had a good read on the ball. He misjudged it, didn't really get there in time. And then, boom, the ball's getting behind him. Meanwhile, these guys are clearing the bases. So, yeah, there's going to be a lot of learning curves for him out there in the center field. Can he do it? Yeah, of course. He's talented. But you're going to get those odd games where he makes an error and then it's going to be hard to bounce back because we don't have that powerful lineup. Or even more so because we don't have a reliable bullpen that can even keep the game close to one or two runs where we can probably tie up the game with a two-run homer or something like that or go ahead with a two-run homer. Those things can manifest themselves, and, they, and there's way too, ways to manufacture runs in baseball. There's That's definitely a thing. So I don't know why these Marlins struggle. Um, I'm sure people can point at the new coach, Schumacher, and seeing what he has and you know, a relatively real young coach to be in the majors. Marlins are definitely not worried about how it looks, right? Because there's never been a team about the optics. Uh, They're kind of been a ride by our coattails type thing and and try to get by. They have to find a a way to make this team competitive. It's not going to be enough for this team to be in games. This team is going to have to win games to get people's attention. Unfortunately, we've talked about it plenty of times. Like This is a winning town. There's an expectation of winning games in order for me to pay attention to you. Absolutely. Not because I don't want to pay attention to you. No. But I need to see winning. That's what we're about down here, dog. You know? And it doesn't matter if you're watching Inter-Miami, if you're watching the Marlins, if you're watching the Dolphins, Hurricanes, volleyball, soccer. It doesn't matter, dog. It's winning. Yeah. You know, even in the tennis, you're in, taking the time to watch, you know, to view. Yeah. You, you want to see a winning product. You want to see a winning product. And uh, yeah, fan, fans don't want to hear us talk about losing teams either. So no, but we got to give it to them a little bit at least. Dog. We this will. year is going to be the different. season just started. We owe you that. We're going to keep tabs on the Marlin team. But you two know. things to look out for. Cueto's home debut, right? We got a three game series against the Minnesota Twins coming up. Uh, go out there and then we're flying back to New York City to face the Mets on the weekend. So that's like the Friday, Saturday. Sunday series let's see let's see right still early I still think that there's a lot of talent on this team they just got to find where they fit in as far as lineup goes and then just getting comfortable and and, and producing hits forget about the home runs just produce hits yeah we'll get by on so if you're listening or watching don't worry don't worry we'll let you guys know when to tune in we're going to keep tabs on it for you we'll keep you guys posted um and we'll let you know when it's worthy of of your time yeah 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 but this is definitely worthy of your time. Hammer time. Hammer time. UFC 287 at the Miami Arena. And your boy Sosa is going to be in the building. That's crazy, dog. Crazy. I can't believe I just found out about that. that what, I could have sworn I told you. You dog. never told me, dog. I know, I, thought, I, thought, I told you that I somebody hit me up, right? Yes, For yes, and yes, all that yes, whole mess yes, or whatever, yes, but yes, yes. We talked about like, that. Where he was trying to sit, it was like way too, way too out of my price range and I mean, I was like, nah, I'm not going to do that right now because I had this dog. trip and all that stuff. It's got to be in the budget. So I was like, <laughs> nah, but finding out you're going, look at that little mishap here on set. Um, that's that's awesome, bro. I can't believe that. That's really cool that you're, going, you're getting to go. Yeah, dog. And uh, it's going to be a full squad. I got uh, Sergio with me, Dolphins with me, 
And who else? Oh, Joel too. The other Joel. <laughs> gonna be a nice little squad out there. I know a couple of people going out there. Devin's going out there. Uh, my boy Adam is going out there. It's gonna be a dope crowd. It's gonna oh, be yeah. a dope crowd. It's hype. It's gonna be hype. It's gonna be super hype. And and the card itself is amazing, right? Because this is Alex Pereira versus Israel Adesanya four because they fought twice yes. in kickboxing. You know, and then but they have that rematch. UFC, this is the first. Second matchup, first, yeah, the second, the second matchup, because we know, and we know that that Adesanya is out to regain his title back, big time, man. Because the way he lost the fight was like definitely disheartening, right? You lose getting beat up, that kind of sucks. And and Alex definitely found a way to bounce back in that fight to dominate a guy like Adesanya, who's a beast, right? But Adesanya also knocked him out pretty much in the first round. And if it hadn't been for another three, five seconds, he probably would have finished him and then they would have called the fight and it would have been a first round TKO. So for for Israel, he's definitely looking at it like, dog, you barely got by me, you know, and, and yeah, you got me because I thought the fight was over. But I know that I'm better than you. And this dude, Alex Pereira, is a monster, dog. He I don't is. know how he fights at this middleweight weight, dog. I've seen pictures of this dude and he weighs like 200 pounds, like 190 pounds yeah, on the cuts. regular. He cuts down. Dog, that's a crazy cut. That's what these guys do, brother. Professionals. They're yeah, not professional man. fighters. They're just professional cutters who happen to fight. Yeah, dog. That's that's a weird thing to me, dog. To it is. To be it's a very very champion. odd. Yeah. And like you know, you know, Rogan always talks about that. You yes. know, about like the UFC needs to make more weight classes and like yes. stop that like dehydration shit so that people fight at their like regular walk around weight. You know, right? But it is what it is, bro. And you play the game. And Pereira, he's, you know, he's playing the game. He knows how to do it right. Um, he's a beast, though. My concern though is I don't know if this is too soon for this fight I don't know if that's been brought up before but I know I feel like the last one the first one was rather recent right. you know and then for a guy like Izzy you know for him you know I, what's his mind state going into this fight you know yeah he wants revenge he wants blood but is that gonna like you know muddy up the waters for him and then, right. and then like is he gonna like or is he gonna be what we've known him to be before which was a, a precise killer true I, th- I think for him he has to show this fight has to be a showcase of how good he is Right, can't be about what happened because technically Pereira has the advantage on that. He's beating them three or at least two out of the three times. The other one was like a bullshit draw or whatever, but he's beating them the other two times clearly. And the last fight was another clear victory where he pretty much ended the fight. Right, the referee had to step in and stop the fight. When that happens to you, you either become a lot stronger and you bounce back, or you let that change you and you're never able to get back to that level. I don't think Izzy has been. That type of guy to say, oh, I'm not going to be able to achieve that. If on the contrary, I think that he knows very well that he's a dangerous guy in that octagon. He can definitely land up. He's definitely strong enough and has that knockout power to finish a guy like Perea. Um, and I think he can do it. And I, and I see him becoming the champ again. Maybe not necessarily by a, a first round knockout, but he's definitely going to. Go in there a little bit heavier, right? Make the weight cut and then go in there a little bit heavier instead of staying at the weight just to not necessarily meet whatever Alex is doing, but just to be prepared for a war, right? Because it could be a five-round war. It's going to be a great fight. It's going to be a great fight. I honestly do expect this to go the distance, bro. Yeah, I wouldn't surprise. I don't. I don't think that this. You know, I don't. Not not that I wouldn't put it past either one of these two fighters to either submit one of them, you know, or or something, or knock each other out. Right. But I just feel like these two guys, like you know, they're just going to go the distance. If if I had to bet money, I'd probably bet money on the distance, right? But there's there's two savvy guys, bro. These are vets. These are pros. For sure. For sure. And they got history, so they're not gonna. They're gonna be very careful about what they let up and what they give. Let the other guy work with. You know, a thousand percent. And 
that's why if I had an extra 50 bucks, I'd probably put it on a, uh, Adesanya knockout where he gets a knockout and finishes Alex in maybe the first three rounds, mm. first four rounds mm. even, right? But that would be where I, I, I would think that would be the dynamic. You know, Israel stepping up to to make sure he gets his knockout back and kind of put an end to the to the beef or whatever. Yeah, well, that's the main event, man. We know that's going to be electric, but... That's the co-main event, in my opinion, dog. <laughs> yeah, the co-main event is almost like a main event, man. We got it the, is the main event, dog. We, we got the hometown the hometown kid, man. We Boy, got hey, Mas- Game Bread. Game Bread Masvidal versus Gilbert, Gilbert Burns, Burns, the now, killer. Now, I've, I've, I'm hearing rumblings that Masvidal don't stand a chance. Yeah, dog, but like... Because, you know, we know Burns is a monster. He's big. He's got power. Yes, knockout. Real knockout power. Like, touch you once and, and lights are off. we haven't really seen much from Masvidal in his True. last four fights. True. It, it hasn't been to the level of the hype, right? Because he had that knockout of Ben Askren, and it was like, damn, this dude's about to go on a run. It's gone down after that, though. It's gone down after Who's that. Who's he fought since then? Let's put he's it... Fought, um, he's fought Usman. Twice, one on short notice. Short notice, which was the better of the fights, right? Like you know, because of course, the second fight they got he got knocked out. He got rocked. He got steamrolled the second fight, knocked out. Then he comes back and he fights. Was it Colby? Colby, and he lost to Colby. Colby rocked him too. Yeah, he did. He hurt him, but he didn't knock him out. No, but he he yeah they went the distance. Yeah, but he still he he messed. He stood up. He stood up. He stood up with him. what is it? This is now the next fight now. So yeah. it's like the trend is not heading in the right direction right now for four miles without, but I love the guy. I just heard him on Rogan the other day. I yes. love that episode. He sounds good. He sounds confident. He was, he was walking through the Usman fight and that whole situation and stuff. I didn't get far enough to see if he spoke about the, the Kobe fight he did. Um, or getting, you know, or, or whatever, but he definitely talked about getting knocked out. He was like, I've never been knocked out before. Like that changed my mentality. Maybe that affected him going into that Kobe fight and he's in a better place now. I'm not going to put it past him. Like, you know, I've heard some people like, oh, he doesn't stand a chance. I disagree. No, this dog is, this definitely is, stands a you chance. You talk about, a, a veteran of the game, like a student veteran Fact. of the game. Like this dude's been do- doing this for 20 years now. Is that people just think that he's a knockout guy or a street baller because that's how he was put on the map. But you got to understand that this dude's been doing MMA for a good portion of his life, of his life. You know, even as a young punk, 18 years old, 19 years old, he was still in the gym training. Maybe he wasn't as smart with his training at that time, but he was in there training he was in there taking it serious. You know what I mean? So I just think that Game Bread always has that shot. And my biggest takeaway from that interview, right, was that he did take time away from the knockout, right? Because his last fight was the Usman fight. He got knocked out. And he said, you know what? I'm not going to jump back in the ring. I'm going to take some time to center myself. And even after that, he, that's when he had to run in with Kobe and him getting arrested and all that shit. So I, I felt like Masvidal did the right thing, stepped away from the game, really prioritized what's going on in his life, created his circle, and then started to venture out to get back into his training and get back into that right mental state that you need to be at to face a guy like Gilbert Burns because Gilbert Burns is not only riding a winning streak, dog, but this is a dude who has won the belt. He's a contender. He won the belt. He won the belt, right? It was an interim title, but he won it and has always been in the ring with top three guys. Either the champion, losing to the champion. He lost to Usman twice. Like, he got cut up. And like, and he's always been that guy that finishes anybody else who thinks that they're a contender to the championship. Because he's like, hey, dog, if you're not good enough for me, you're definitely not good enough for these guys. Masvidal is a different animal. And I think that he is taking this fight serious. Fighting at home is always a bigger 
you know, weight on your shoulders, in my opinion. Like, you know how many people are hitting this guy up for tickets? Hey, hook me up with a T-shirt. Yo, let me give me a shout out. Unless you have a real tight circle and you, unless you're really focused on what's going on with your fight game, right, and what you got in front of you, there's no way you come out of that. And I think that this fight is going to be that fight for George, dog, where he's back on the map, you know, and he does it here in his hometown and he gets the win. He doesn't have many left, so this would be a big one. In, yeah. his, in his backyard, in his hometown in Miami where it all started for him. You got to put on a show, dog. This would be epic. You got to put on a show, dog. And and the fight night is, f- is full of good cards, man. Um, you got Kevin Holland fighting. He's fighting. What's this guy's name? Ponsimbino. I can't. I can't pronounce these freaking names, dog. Yeah, Santiago well, is what I call him. Dog. There you go. That's his name. Keep it short. You have Rob Font facing Adrian Yanez, and then in the first fight of the evening on the main card, you have the eighteen-year-old bro. Raul Rosas Jr. from Mexico making his debut down here in the 305. Well, no, he's already made his debut. Yeah, he's already made his debut. He, he but, I mean, he's making his debut here. Right, right, right. But, yeah, he won his debut fight. This is yeah. now his second fight. Can yeah. he follow it up and remain undefeated? Hey, dog, you know what it is to be 18 years old? And uh, you professional UFC fighter, dog. That's unheard of. That's, That's never, wild. really never been done. That's wild, dog. But let's see, man. He's, and, uh, he's up a t- against a tough opponent. But that know? shows you what the UFC is doing. You know what I mean? They're, they're taking chances. And, yeah. and shout out to the UFC's uh, parent company who just bought out WWE. Yes, and, sir. And now they're a, what, $20 billion company or something like that? Something like that. Something like Crazy, Something like you know, in case you're into that stuff. Crazy, son. Yeah. But you know what's crazy? How, how long we've taken on this podcast. Like. <laughs> it's about time, right? So if, yeah, it's about time. Thanks for hanging in there. But <laughs> I, I, it was full of good content, so there's no way that yeah. this felt like a long ride, dog. I think we properly updated everybody. I think we gave everybody what they came here for. Like, Absolutely. Like always. And we got one more thing to ask of you guys, and that's to tell a friend. To tell a friend. To tell one more friend. To tell another friend. About this amazing podcast, y'all. Trust me, you're not going to want to miss what we got going on. If you like South Florida sports, this is the place to tune in. Tune we got in, man. We got you locked in. Tell a friend. Until next time. Peace. peace.